morning we're reading from the gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning in chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. There was a young boy and his mother who had gone to church one Sunday morning. When they came driving back home and pulled into the driveway, there was a little boy from next door sitting there on his bicycle. The kid climbs out of the car, and the neighbor boy says, well, where have you been? He said, well, we've been to church. Well, they were not a church-going family, so this boy looked a little puzzled, and he said, well, what do you talk about at church? And he said, well, today is Easter, so we talked about the resurrection of Jesus. And the boy, he looks really puzzled. He said, okay, let me tell you the story. It's like this. Jesus was a guy that was walking on earth to tell us that God loves us. But then he got in some trouble and they crucified him. That means they killed him and put him in a tomb. And then a few days later, some of the women who knew him went to see the tomb and they wanted to check on his body, but there was a huge rock there. And the boy paused for a moment. And he said, then the women pulled out their very top-secret cosmic telecommunications device. And they beamed a message to their friend, Rock Roller Man. And he came swooping in, and he moved a huge stone. And they went rushing in, but it didn't really matter because Jesus was already gone. It was like that Matrix movie thing where he dematerialized and went into another dimension. They were kind of freaking out. They took off, and then they freaked out even more because he kind of morphed back into reality right in front of them and said, hello. But then he told them to calm down. They kind of chilled out. <laughs> and everybody lived happily ever after. Sometimes it is difficult to believe. We read this thrilling story of Christ being raised from the dead, but we live in a world dominated by the scientific method and a scientific worldview, and all kinds of questions sometimes come up in our minds, and it can be a bit perplexing. But there's a couple of things I want to share with you that I think will help you deal with that. 
the first thing to remember is whenever earthquakes and angels are involved in a Bible story, that is a sure sign that the authors want us to know that God is busy at work in this experience. God is at work right here. When you read about messengers from the Lord or the earth quaking, you can be sure that the authors of the Bible story want you to know, I'm telling you, watch for God here. Look with eyes of faith because God is at work in this very story. Just like in the crucifixion, in this resurrection story, there is an earthquake. If you still have your Bible open, look on the facing page, probably right before where we read in your Bible, chapter 27, verse 50. Matthew tells us the story of Jesus' death. I just want to read you a couple of verses. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. Matthew wants us to know that in the crucifixion and in the resurrection, God is at work. Anytime we read these kinds of stories, the key question to ask is, what is this telling us about God? What are the authors wanting to point us toward in terms of God and the nature of God, the character of God, and how God is working in our world? That's the question we should ask. What is this telling us about God? And I believe Matthew is telling us in both the crucifixion and the resurrection, God is at work. God surely is at work. This is a faith story saying that God is transcending the normal bounds of what we think of, that God is doing special in this, something special to this Jesus of Nazareth and through him for us, for all of us, that God is at work here. The linchpin verses really come in 5 and 6. Verse 5 Matthew says, but the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. And then in verse 6, he is not here, for he's been raised. He is not here, for he has been raised. Wow, what a statement. He has been raised from the dead. You're looking for him in the tomb, but he is no longer here. Notice that Matthew does not say Jesus has risen, but says he has been raised. Again, he's pointing us to God. This is the action of God. This is God's love at work through Jesus in the world for you and for me. Remember, these were the same women, the same disciples who had followed Jesus. They had seen him heal. They had heard him teach. He had told them three times that he was going to Jerusalem and things were not going to turn out as they might expect, that he was going to be arrested, turned over to the authorities, tried, kind of a mock trial, but tried, found guilty, tortured. He would suffer, then he would be hung on a cross to die, that he would be crucified, that they would indeed kill him and they would put him in a tomb. But then three days later that he would be raised these same ones even though he had warned them when it all began to happen betrayed him deserted him denied him and ran and were in hiding it's these very same disciples men and women who came to believe without a doubt that Jesus was alive again through the power of our God it is a shocking revelation it is a shocking belief that God would do such a thing, that God could do such a thing, that God would care so much. 
And that His love would transcend any pain, any suffering, any struggle, even death itself, to reach us and to proclaim to us that His love is finally the greatest force in all the universe. And His love is being poured out for you and for me. Oh, it's shocking. But if they had not come to believe... We would not have Easter Sunday. We wouldn't have any Sundays. There would be no church. There would be no Christianity as we know it. If they had not changed their minds, if they had not moved from being in hiding and being filled with fear to being believers that in fact God had raised Jesus from the dead, none of us would be here. But here we are proclaiming that very fact that God has indeed raised Jesus from the dead. But moreover, not only was God at work in the raising of Jesus, but God was not done there. If we continue to follow along in our text, in verse 7, Matthew goes on to record that the message was, then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Not only has been raised, but he's going ahead of you. One of my friends sent me an email story recently. It was about a couple from up north who decided to go to Florida. Kind of the dead of winter where they were, a little too much cold. It was icy. They were getting tired of it. And their 20th wedding anniversary was coming up. They decided a great place to go would be, let's go back to the hotel where we went on our honeymoon. It's still there. That might be fun. It was a beautiful place. They decided to go. But then when they tried to get their schedules worked out, they couldn't quite get them worked out the same. He was off a day earlier. He decided he would go on down on Thursday, then she could come on Friday. He flew down. He found the hotel. He got checked in. Indeed, it was beautiful. They had redone it. They took him to his room. There was a computer. A little sign said free Internet service. He thought, I should send her a message telling her I'm here. But in his haste, when he typed her email address, he left out one letter, so it went to a different person. Meanwhile, in Houston, Texas, there was a woman married to a pastor. He had just died. They had had his funeral that very day. They had proclaimed that he's gone on to glory. It was wonderful. She got home later that afternoon. All the guests left. She went to her computer thinking, maybe some friends and family who did not come have written me a message. Her son's in the other room. He hears her gasp. He hears her gasp again. Then he hears a big thud. He runs in to see what has happened, and this is the message that is on the screen. It says, To my loving wife, subject, I've arrived. Then it went on to say, I know you are surprised to hear from me. <laughs> they have computers here now, and you're allowed to send emails to your loved ones. <laughs> I've just arrived and been checked in. I see that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is as uneventful as mine was. P.S., it sure is hot down here. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, that's not the kind of message we hope to get from someone who's gone ahead of us across the threshold of death. We much prefer the gospel message as it's proclaimed in John where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. That is the message of the good news. Jesus is going ahead of us. Jesus is out in front of us. He's leading us into a future that God has prepared for us. And just in case the women did not comprehend all of that, Matthew goes on to tell us in verse 8 and 9 that they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. But then suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshiped him I hope this is what you take home with you today that Jesus is out in front of us and is leading us we can trust his lead and as we do so we will see him just as those first women and the first disciples heard the news and began to believe and then they saw him Christ is alive he has been raised from the dead we can still see him today any time that we decide to follow his lead. It happens in so many different ways. Anytime we see someone coming down the aisle on a Sunday morning to profess faith, we know that the risen Christ is alive and at work, for that's the very prompting they're responding to. They're coming to say, I've experienced Christ alive. I want to be a follower of his. Or you can see it in the New service we've started on Thursday night, reaching out to a group of people who had no faith community, inviting them into our church. We had nearly 100 Thursday night here. We have a dinner. We have worship. We celebrate the risen Christ, and you can see it, that Christ is alive in their eyes and in their hearts, and all of us experience the joy of the Lord when we're there together worshiping. Sometimes we see it in small groups here at Boston Avenue as they're talking about their faith journey. So often we find ourselves in a place of confusion or uncertainty or struggle, and we begin to wonder, is God really here for me? Is Christ really alive? But you know what happens time and time again? That given a little time, almost all of them will look back and say, oh, yes. God was there for me. Christ is alive. Oh, I couldn't see it at the time, but now that I look back, I can see that God was at work in my life bringing me through that. That's Christ alive in our world. Or I told you a couple of weeks ago about a harrowing trip some of our Boy Scouts on the Venture crew took. They went on what they thought was a routine camp-out hiking trip in northwest Arkansas. But a freaky change of weather all of a sudden turned what looked like a beautiful weekend into a downpour. And then the temperature began to drop and the rain turned to ice. And the trails they had come on turned into rivers and streams. And one girl began to experience hypothermia and they thought, we are not going to get out of here. How are we going to get out of here? Well, they made it, but then one after another came back and told us that they had come to believe that God 
through a series of coincidences, had been right there with them, that so many things happened in a row that made it possible for them to escape what had happened, that they believed God's hand was there, that Jesus was leading them, and all of them got back to safety and warmth. It can happen in so many different ways. Some of us were here yesterday. We had a new service. We kind of stepped out and tried a new thing. It was a family-friendly, child-led service. Reverend Campbell and Dr. Pansera, Reverend Marianne Emmons helped me put that together. We had child reading this gospel story, helping us serve communion. And oh, the joy and the wonder and the excitement in their faces. You could see that God's love was alive in their hearts, that Christ was alive in this place as we worshiped together. It can happen for you I bet it has happened to you where you had that experience of thinking, oh, God is right here with me. That's an experience of the risen Christ, God's love coming alive, transcending death, transcending anything that you might have experienced or might experience. That's God leading you into the future. I tell you, Jesus Christ is out ahead of us preparing us a place, preparing the way, showing us the way if we would but follow his lead, if we would believe that God indeed is at work through Christ our Lord and Savior. The good news is that it happens anytime we follow where Jesus leads. Charles Wesley wrote about that kind of experience in the very first hymn we sang. If you still have your bulletin handy, look at that first hymn again. It was written by Charles Wesley. Christ the Lord is risen today. Notice particularly that last verse and see if you can't hear it there. Soar we now where Christ has led. Alleluia, following our exalted head. Alleluia, made like him, like him we rise. Alleluia, ours the cross, the grave, the skies. Alleluia, alleluia, Easter people. Go forth following where Christ leads. And then all of us together will be able to say, alleluia and amen.